than a name is the theme. More than a name is the theme. And tonight's lesson is, there is no name in hell. There is no name in hell. Now, Luke 16, we're going to be referring to it. Uh, I won't read through the entire passage, but we're going to be referring to chapters 19 to 31. This is not a parable, first off. This is not a parable. This is a true account. In this particular account, we have someone who is named. Now, we have someone who is not named. That's the rich man. But we do have someone who is named, and his name is Lazarus. His name is definitely there. And again, a very sobering topic tonight because we're really looking at the subject of uh, hell. It is much more than a curse word, even though that is what it is used as so much in our society. It is a real place. Let's look at this outline. Number one, the where, the where of this rich man. The where of this rich man. Luke chapter Luke chapter 19, excuse me, Luke chapter 16, verse number 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Let's skip down to verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died. And you can, you know, pretty much mark that down and think about that even tonight that uh, unless the rapture comes... Uh, for a believer, everybody's going to die. Doesn't matter if you've got, uh, you know, $50,000 in investments or a nickel in your pocket. Everybody's going to die. The rich men died and so did Lazarus. We're not talking about Lazarus tonight. We're talking about the rich man. The Bible says that the rich man died. And in verse number... Um, 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And we find that the where of the rich man is, verse number 23, and in hell he lift up his eyes. Number Letter A, hell is an actual place. It is an actual place. Earlier I said this, but... I'll read this from my notes. People often use the word hell to describe something really bad or really good. They talk about their experience in war or sickness as going through hell. But at the same time, we'll describe a fantastic deal or an awesome football game as a, quote, hell of a game. Now, I'm just quoting this, okay? Or... A hell of a deal. By using this word in that fashion, man proves that he doesn't really believe it's a real place. Could be that some think hell is here on earth. Hell might just be a state of mind rather than reality. But the Bible here says, and in hell, verse number 23. In fact, we're told that God's word does more about and speaks more about this place than even heaven itself. 
more is said about the judgment. Turn to Psalm chapter 9, please. Psalm chapter 9. Maybe you've heard somebody say it before, and I'm not, again, it's not a matter of making fun, just saying everybody's going to heaven. You're going your way, I'm going my way. Well, that, you know, that, that's a great statement to make, but that contradicts the Bible. So if it contradicts the Bible, who's right? Or what's right? God's right. Look what it says in Psalm 9 and verse 17. The wicked shall be turned into hell. And all nations that forget God. You know, sometimes we say to, about someone, and again, I, I don't say this lightly or flippantly, but we say, may they rest in peace. As if saying that basically just nullifies anything or in everything that they did when they were living for 50, 60, 70, 80 years. They may have been the the worst person in the neighborhood, curse God from sunup to sundown, so to speak, and then they die, and we might say, or someone might say, may they rest in peace. I can guarantee you something tonight. There's no peace in hell. Not one millisecond. There is no resting in peace for a Christ rejecter. There is no resting in peace for someone who denies the gift of salvation through Christ. And I'm not saying this to, again, be dramatic. There's no rest in peace. That's a nice thing to say, but it doesn't mean anything for someone who doesn't know the Lord. They won't rest in peace. Not only is hell an actual place, but letter B, hell is an awful place. It's an awful place. Look what it says about it in verse 23. He lift up his eyes, being in what? Torments. There's no peace. That's not peaceful. Maybe you've been through a phase of life, and I'm not belittling that at all, but maybe you've been through a time of life, and some have said this, you know, right now I'm just going through hell. I'm not belittling any of the difficulties of your life, believe me, but no one on this side of heaven or hell has gone through hell yet. There's nothing that can be compared to the torment of hell. What kind of torment was the Bible speaking of? Well, it tells us in our text. Look at verse 24. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. You know, that's not a lot of water. 
dipped the tip of his finger in a glass of water, just the tip, not even put the finger down in the water, just the tip of the finger in the water. If he could just put the tip of the finger in the water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. That's the kind of torment. I'm of the belief tonight that this rich man is still there right now. He's still being tormented. Day and night, if you can say there's a day and night there. It's an awful place. It's not a party place. It's not I'm going to get together with my drinking buddies and we're just going to have a Time in hell. That's not what I read in the Bible about hell. Matthew 18, 8. Jesus gives a comparison between pain in this life and pain in hell. Look what he says in Matthew 18, 8. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed than to have two hands or two feet and be cast into everlasting fire. Everlasting. That's why I say tonight, that the rich man is still in that flame right now. It has never gone out. Jesus said it would be better for us in, in comparing the pain. And you, you think about the pain in your mind, and I think about the pain in my mind of putting my hand down right here and just saying, go ahead, chop it off. We can't really fathom that. I mean, we obviously have heard of persecution that has taken place around our world. Where that has happened. But Jesus is really just saying, it's much better to do that than to have both hands and go out into eternity in this everlasting fire. So it's an awful place. It's an actual place. But I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful, let her see, that hell is an avoidable place. It's avoidable. Look what the Bible says. In verse number 25, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 25, sorry, Matthew 25. It is avoidable. We see here in God's word who hell was created for. Who hell was created for. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Matthew 25 and verse 41. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. There it is again. Everlasting fire. That's two texts now. Prepared for who? The devil and his angels. This was not created for, for you or for me. That's what heaven was created for. 
Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That was the place for heaven, John 14, 1, 1 to 3. In other words, if you don't go to heaven when you die, there's going to be an empty place that was ready for you. Have you reserved your spot or have you claimed your spot? Think about it tonight. Probably most of us in here know the gospel. Maybe there's some that don't. But most of us in here, maybe we know the gospel. We've already, been, we've already heard the gospel. Maybe once, twice, maybe five times. How many more times is the gospel going to be given to you and you reject it? And then it will be the last time. I don't know when it'll be, but why would you want to gamble on that? Because this is the place that those without Christ are going. It doesn't matter our status in life. So much of today is about status. Get the best job, make the most money, da 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 da, da. nothing wrong with having a good work ethic and having a good salary, but that status means nothing in eternity. Absolutely nothing. It's an awful place, but it's also an avoidable place. Isaiah 5.14. Isaiah 5.14. So if you reject Christ and you die, the place in heaven, we could say, that was reserved for you won't be taken. But notice what the prophet Isaiah says about hell in Isaiah 5.14. Therefore, hell hath what? What's the next word? Enlarged. It got bigger. And opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitude and their pomp. There, he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. Hell hath enlarged herself. Heaven is going to be missing, you're going to be missing what God had for you, but hell will enlarge herself to receive you if you die without Christ, if someone dies without Christ. But this is not the plan of God. The plan of God can be seen Clearly, in John 3.16, which many of us know, or we've at least heard it, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. The rich man is perishing tonight. Millions of people, millions and maybe billions of people are perishing tonight not because uh, they, they didn't go to church and not because they didn't get baptized. Well, it's because they did not turn to Jesus Christ and humble themselves and say, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior. And they died without Christ. And when you die without Christ, there's no do-over. There's no, hey, hey can I get it? Can I run this back? Can we do this over? It doesn't happen. 
So the where of this rich man. I wrote down in the side margin of my notes, when someone goes to hell, they are walking right over the love of God. They are walking right over the gift of eternal life. They are walking right over the plan of redemption. And tonight, if you're here without Christ and you're not saved, I'm not, I'm not mad at all. I'm burdened for you. Because according to these verses in the Bible, if you know that Christ is, your, Christ is the, the Son of God and you hear this message and, and you're of the age of accountability, and I think most of us in here are beyond that age, whatever it is, we understand right from wrong. The point is this, you're going to be responsible. As, as someone who preaches the gospel, I'm going to be responsible for preaching the gospel. And it's not about the pastor, it's about the message of the gospel. And I'm concerned about anyone here tonight or anyone joining us on the live stream tonight that if you take your last breath tonight, you walk out of here tonight and you say, well, that's all good and well, but... And you don't wake up in the morning. You know that happens. You'll wake up in hell. And it'll never stop. It'll be everlasting fire everlasting torment number two the what of the rich man the what of the rich man no one has ever been to hell and back and told us about it so what is it really like i think some will try to soften the blow but we've already looked at it a little bit we know letter a hell is a place of tormenting forces tormenting forces We already talked about in verse 24 of our text that it's fire of hell. Let's look at Matthew 3.12. Matthew 3.12. God's word says in Matthew 3.12, we're going to have to pick it up a little bit, whose fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Chapter 13, same book, verse 40, As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Mark 9, 44 tells us that the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. It's a place of fire. Number two, it's a place of darkness. A place of darkness. There is no light in hell. I don't know if you've ever been anywhere where it's really that dark. Maybe you've been in a cave before. And the lights were turned off if they had power within that cave. And the lights were off and... I remember going to Mammoth Cave one time in the state of Kentucky and they took us down and then they turned the lights off. It was pretty dark. Couldn't see the hand in front of your face. I was just up in the Northwest Territories and they say that in uh, December and January the sun never comes up. It's dark for two months straight. But you can still see on the horizon, you can still see a little bit of, like a line of light, so to speak. Not, not, not really light, but it's not pitch black. But the sun never comes up. 
Second Peter chapter two, verse four says, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness. To be reserved unto judgment. Revelation nine, two, and he opened the bottomless pit and there arose a smoke out of the pit as the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. Darkness. It's a place of fire, darkness. It's a place of loneliness, loneliness. We were asked to pray for someone tonight about being lonely, and we should pray for that individual, and loneliness is not fun. But as a Christian, can I encourage you tonight, you're never alone, and you never will be. But it cannot, we cannot say that for the unbeliever. While the unbeliever might always be in the presence of someone, or in the house with someone, or around someone, there's coming a day without leaving this world without Christ as Savior. The Bible says in Isaiah 41.10, Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, I will uphold thee. That's the presence of God in your life, in my life. Hebrews 13.5, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's the blessing for the Christian. Think about the rich man in, in hell, verse 25 of our text. But Abraham said, son, remember, Luke 16, 25. He's talking to the rich man. He says that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil thing. But now he is what? Comforted. And thou art what? Tormented. The rich man had little time for the beggar outside of his gate, but now he's asking for the beggar to come and spend some time with him or help him or, you know, dip the tip of his finger in cold water. I mean, not only that, but I've always thought this about hell in reading texts about it in God's word. It's a place of remembrance. You don't forget everything. I tend to think that there's a possibility that you will remember this message tonight for all eternity. You will remember the message that you heard last year or six months ago. Or you will remember the, 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 the pleas of your dad or your mom. Turn to Christ. Turn to Christ. Turn to Christ, and somehow, in some way, you're never going to forget that forever. This man remembered. He didn't go to hell and just forget about the, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, uh, Lazarus. He remembered. What a torment that would be to remember the opportunities, to reject the opportunity and remember that. Abraham said, son, remember. It's a place of tormenting forces. Letter B, hell is a place of tantalizing demons. This is the part where 
I'm sorry, there is no partying going on at all. Think of the crowd that's going to be there. Revelation 19.20, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Chapter 20, verse 10 of Revelation, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Revelation 21.8, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all what? Liars. We might like to read that first part of it and say, well, I, I, that, that doesn't include me. I don't know how many people could say they've never lied. By the way, that's not why you would go to hell, because you're a liar. You go to hell because you rejected Christ. But shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. What a list evident to me that hell is no way and no way a party. In fact, there was no beer there to drink. He wanted a drip of water. That's all he wanted was a little drip of water. Hell is a place of tormenting forces, tantalizing demons. It's a place of terrifying rejection. Terrifying rejection. There are no exit signs in hell. It is never ending. It is eternal. There's no break time. Luke 16, 26. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us. In other words, no one can leave. No one can come for a visit. No one would want to come for a visit for that matter. 2 Thessalonians 1.9 Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord, from the presence of the Lord, and from the glory of His power. Revelation 14.11 And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. James Weldon Johnson wrote a poem called The Judgment Day. And the wicked, like lumps of lead, will start to fall. Headlong for seven days and nights they fall. Plumb into the big, black, red-hot mouth of hell. Belching out fire and brimstone and their cries like howling, yelping dogs. Will go up with the fire and smoke from hell, but God will stop his ears. Too late, sinner, too late. Goodbye, sinner, goodbye. In hell, sinner, in hell. Beyond, think of this, beyond the reach of the love of God. Until that Christ rejecter dies, he or she is not beyond the love of God. There's always hope. There's always hope. But when they take that last breath, 
they will forever be beyond. That's, that's hard to even fathom. Beyond the love of God. The where of the rich man, the what of the rich man. Number three, the why. The why of this rich man. He doesn't have a name. Letter A, a name seen. A name seen. God knows us individually. Psalm 139, 13 to 17. I won't take time to read it. But God knows us individually. Verse 15 says, My substance was not hid from me when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. God told the prophet Jeremiah that God not only knew him before his birth, but he had a wonderful plan for his life. Jeremiah 1.5. We looked at that a week or so ago. Letter B. A name sealed. A name sealed. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. We covered this last week in our lesson on eternal security. Five o'clock. We have one more of those lessons coming up next Sunday. Welcome to meet with us at five for that. A name sealed. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. Here's some really good news. In whom ye also trusted. In whom ye also trusted. And the also is Christ. If you look up at verse number 12, you'll see that. After that, ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom Christ... Also, after that, ye believed. Ye were sealed. Praise the Lord. With that Holy Spirit of promise. This seal of the Holy Spirit guarantees, ensures us a heavenly position with Christ. Even now. Not when He comes or when I die, but now. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 14, the next verse, which is the earnest of our inheritance until. Notice the word until. If you're saved tonight and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit of God and you have a down payment. He is the down payment until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. My salvation tonight is not about my good works. It's not about the church. It's not about being a pastor. My salvation tonight is secured because the Holy Spirit of God sealed me until the day of redemption. The devil has no jurisdiction ever on my life now that's what god is wanting to give you tonight if you are not a christian god is saying you have to come my way you cannot come your way you cannot come the religious way you cannot come the baptist way you have to come my way god says it is a narrow way It's not, hey, you're going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. Whatever way you want to get there, I'm getting there my way. No, it's not Ben's way even. It's the narrow way. It's Jesus. And Jesus only. Jesus said that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Don't reject Jesus. 
Turn to Jesus and be saved and be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. A name that is sealed. Paul said, I know whom I have believed, 2 Timothy 1.12. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. I don't have to keep holding on. Jesus is holding on to me. I'm in the hand of Christ and he's in the hand of the Father. That's pretty good security, John chapter 10. So it's a sealed name. But interesting, letter C. We see there is a name stricken. This is where we get no name in hell. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bible to Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, verse 5, Revelation 3, 5, he that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out. I will not blot out his name. Out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father before his angels. I think by this, I look at this, and I think, okay, on June 28, 1973, my name went in the book of life. That's when I was born. Whenever you were born, your name went in the book of life. Not the Lamb's book of life. The book of life. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name. So when I got saved, April 1983, my name was then sealed forever and ever and ever and ever by the blood of Jesus Christ. It will never be removed. But what about those who never trust Christ as their Savior? John wrote, I will not blot his name out. So then we can, it's not really an assumption. We can surmise from that that there are some that will be blotted out of the book of life. Revelation 20, 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of what? Life. They don't have a name. They don't have a name. Their name's gone. Whosoever was not found written in the book of life, that means that even though they have a D-O-B, a date of birth, Somewhere along the line, they rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected and rejected. And somewhere along the line, they finally rejected for the last time. And they 
died and God, in whatever way God does it, their name was removed from the book of life. Never to be put back in there. Because now they have no name. For all eternity. That's why there's no name. There's no name in hell. The rich man had no name on earth, but he goes down nameless for all eternity as well in the lake of fire. It doesn't have to be that way. Teenager, doesn't have to be that way. Adult, man or woman, it doesn't have to be that way. I'm not saying we have a whole group of people not saved here tonight. I don't know. Really, only you and the Lord know. It doesn't have to be that way. Mary Ann Kidder wrote, Is my name written there? On the page, white and fair? In the book of thy kingdom is my name written there? See, Austin Miles wrote, I was once a sinner, but I came, pardoned to receive from my Lord. This was freely given, and I found that he always kept his word. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And the white-robed angels sing the story, a sinner has come home. There's a new name written down in glory. I ask you tonight as we close. Is your name. Is your name. Sealed. Not is it there. It's there if you're alive. I believe your name's still there. But I ask you. Is your name sealed. In that book. If it's sealed, praise the Lord. Amen. That can never change. Oh, but if it's not sealed, don't just leave as you came and say, yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I don't have to go to school tomorrow. I'm off work tomorrow. I've got this plan, that plan, this plan, that plan. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're talking about eternity. We're not talking about Monday the 10th. We're talking about eternity. Your name's not been sealed yet. It can be sealed tonight. You can be saved tonight. Don't close the, don't close the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now saying, you know what? He's talking about you. And the Holy Spirit's saying, come on. Behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock, knock, knock. Five-year-olds were singing it earlier. Powerful message. Behold, behold, Christ. Hey, let me in. I'll come in. I'll seal you for all eternity. I will in no wise cast you out.